Jay Hill almost talked over the entrance, but welcome to the Jay, the Ed Hill Show, uh, where Jay Hill made it through the intro. So, Handy R was asking odds of Jay Hill making it without talking. He talked right up to the end, but he made it. So, uh, congratulations to Jason Hill. Just like the 49ers are able to make adjustments at halftime, Jay Hill can make adjustments from show to show on the fly. On the fly. On the fly. Yeah. Yeah. So, a look a little bit different kind of show compared to last week. Where it was doom and gloom, the 49ers uh, struggling to play the Kansas City Chiefs this week. No struggles against the Los Angeles Rams, at least in the second half. They took care of business, Jason. What were your feelings on this game against the Rams? It was a good, good just overall whipping. Like, it, it really was. Like, I, I, I love to see how they use McCaffrey in so many different ways. I, I loved watching how the defense was so set on McCaffrey that it opened up everything else like we talked about it, it would right after the trade and sure enough that that's already happening and that's only going to get more and more when as they keep using him in so many different and dynamic ways like I I just I thought Kyle did a really good job I thought second half the tweaks that D'Amico made were awesome I love seeing Fred just all over the field it was it was it was a, it was a, it was the kind of game where you you walk off that field and and like KB and and Greg Olson were were saying, there's not an, an NFC team that you can clearly say can line up and beat San Francisco. I think they put themselves in the running, right? I think that's that's all you're trying to do at this yeah. point in the year is stay relevant, stay in the running. Being three and zero in the division was going to be huge. Uh, Pre-Kansas City game, I was on here coming on the shows to, talking about the most important game is not Kansas City. And for fans, it's important because you want the, the revenge, you know, from the Super Bowl. But it's anyway. division-winning games, yeah. right? We got another one coming up with the, the Cardinals in a, in a few weeks. That's going to be another big, pivotal game. The 49ers win. They're going to put an absolute stranglehold on the NFC West because yep. they're going to be a 4-0 and own wins over every single team, including a sweep of the Rams. And the Rams seem to come at the right time for the 49ers. Last year, they always. came at the right time. Always 49ers handled <laughs> business. Uh, and they did it again. And each game has, like, its own little uh, way about it. Like, it seems like a full season within the game, right? Last year, week 18, they have to come back to 17-3. This time, it's 14-10. Part of the reason I love this game is you get a lot of... The first half is not, like, the most wonderful thing you've ever seen. But they executed pretty good after their first series. I thought they did well. Their defense was struggling. But the things that they were getting criticized for were lack of adjustments after halftime, being able to score touchdowns, being able to score in the second half, consistently playing off script. All those things they seem to answer in this game, which means they are capable of doing that as the season progresses. And that's really what you need if you plan on winning a championship in the NFL. Yeah, no. We talked about last week how San Francisco was averaging like 1.8 points in the third Order through the first seven games. They obviously did a lot better than that yesterday. So yeah, it it and and I always enjoy the the, the Kyle John test match because obviously they're really good friends. They've been together for a long time. They know what each each other is going going to do, or or at least they think they know. So watching them try and outthink each other and stuff is it's it's really fun to watch. It yeah. is, you know, and I got to give credit to McVay. That first half, he did he a did very good job. Good job. Yeah. Those screens were just, I mean, 
over and over and over. I didn't know you can have that many screens in your playbook. And <laughs> I was the guy that was I tagged as a screen game coordinator at one point. Didn't actually fulfill the job, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I don't think I would have been willing to run this many screens, but they did it. it and it, it slowed the pass rush down. Of course, yeah. the pass rush, you know, that's one thing Nick Bosa said in his presser was, at halftime, we had to sit back and say, you know what? We are going to take away the screens. We're going to take away these runs, and we're going to make them have third and long. Then the pass rush opportunities are going to be there. Because you guess what? You can't get sacks if there's no pass rush opportunities. Makes it hard. And third and manageable, that was part of the, the thing we talked about you know, last week. And yeah. it's the efficiency on third down. Chiefs did it at a very high level. First half, Rams were able to do it at a high level. Second half, a difference. But let's talk about... One of the biggest things that happened during this game, and that's that Christian freaking McCaffrey shows up. Uh, it was a passing touchdown, which I didn't expect to see, but I, I thought it was great. Um, and then it was a receiving touchdown. I mean, he gets way up in the air and he makes a flew. catch. It was fantastic. Um, to all the people that said, let's White trade for a Kareem Hunt. Oh. All the people that said trade for Kareem Hunt. I don't think Kareem Hunt makes that catch. No. Uh, it would have been a lot cheaper, though. I'll give you that. It would have been cheaper. I just don't know if it would have been as dynamic or as fun. And then number three, you have the rushing touchdown. He almost gets in on the nice inside where he bounces out. So Fantastic from McCaffrey. I thought McCaffrey looked explosive. Um, he went full booby miles in this game, and he can pass. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a, a great performance. Jason, is this is what you were expecting from Christian McCaffrey? Because I don't know if there's anyone that's been around me that's more excited about McCaffrey to the 49ers than you. Probably accurate. Um, yeah. First off, I, I just want to give a little jab to the people who gave up too many picks. The Chiefs traded two picks for Kadarius Toney, who doesn't have a tenth of the career accolades and resume that McCaffrey does. We gave up four for Christian McCaffrey. Just keep that in mind. And the fifth-round pick, I know we always talk about, oh, fifths are so important. Value-wise, ends up being a sixth-round pick because it's in next year's draft. Yep. So Kadarius got a three and a six. Gave up a two, three, four, and five for Christian McCaffrey. Just, just let, let that sink in. And 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 tomorrow, as you guys watch the trade deadline, watch how many marginal players go for multiple picks. Whereas we gave up four, yes, but no firsts, and what could very well be a very late two for Christian McCaffrey, who's under contract. Right, and that's what they said. Like, right, the mm. value of some picks it will equal a first round pick. Yeah. I think that's what they were trying to get to. And the one thing we can't forget is getting Christian McCaffrey prevents Christian McCaffrey from wearing blue and yellow. Should have been scary. Uh, it would have been a different game. If McCaffrey's not on your team, you're losing to the Los Angeles Rams. Or Buffalo got him too. It'd be, that, that could have been even... out for the entire league at, at that point. Yeah, so the the Rams end up, uh, the F them picks thing doesn't work out for them in the long run because they F them picks with Sony Michelle. Too many, uh, yeah. And you don't have the fourth round pick. And, you know, the 49ers, John Lynch was willing to go all in. I love it. And they get McCaffrey, and McCaffrey is such a dynamic weapon that Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to use in his offense. And we got to see a little bit of a glimpse of it with, a was it, 26 touches? Yeah. I mean, this is how you do it. And then, they're good. like you said, Debo's going to be coming back. Nine days. He's been here for nine days, and that's what, what we got against our rival. Nine days. That's all, that's all we've had him for. He And... Papa was saying this. He knows the playbook parts that he needs to know. That, that's all. Like, like we're literally talking about infantile stages of, of, of what this offense can be with him. And, and yes, no Debo yet still. Like, 
We'll hopefully get, get him back in two weeks. Did you guys all see how open George Kittle was? Have we ever seen George Kittle open that much? Maybe 2018. May, before he was George George Kittle, yeah. Yeah. But we had he... Mullins whipping it out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ayuk had extra space. to Like, like we, we, we told you guys, he's going to open up the entire offense. He's going to give guys more space. What did you all see, see yesterday? We saw our big time, the guys that we love, being able to do what, whatever they want because of that, because of, of number 23. Like, he is an absolute game changer. But what I love now is that I think a lot of people can, um, you know, start getting excited because I think there are people that really value draft picks, you know, a lot. Me. Yeah, Jason does, and I do as well. You do too. It, yeah. it was it was tough because I wanted the player, but I'm looking at the draft picks, and I do love that Christian McCaffrey went off and that Kyle used him in this manner uh, because I think it will bring some of the people around that you know have been kind of waiting, like man, but those draft picks. I think that's understandable to feel that way. But once you see a performance like this, it's like, okay, now I see what Kyle and John are doing. It's worth the picks because where are you going to find a player second, third, fourth, uh, you know, future fifth that can do the things Christian McCaffrey can do. It was special things that we saw in that game. And I think, you know, you're, you brought up the playbook and what Papa said, and it's all about verbiage, right? That's what he was trying to learn over the last nine days was, Hey, what, do, what does this term mean for me? And once he learned what his terms meant, and then they put in this the uh, the game plan. The game plan is a very small portion of the offense. That's what's nice about a player coming in. Once you learn the verbiage, then the game plan is pretty easy to be able to figure out. This is what I do in the red zone, third down. He didn't have any of those things in for the game against Kansas City. They weren't able to figure those things out. Now he's got two weeks. Now is he going to take time off? Yes. But is he going to be continuing to prepare to, to play in this offense? Yes. Which means exotic looks are going to be more and more forthcoming for Kyle Shanahan. I'm looking forward to what this offense is going to look like. We saw a two running back look with Jeff Wilson Jr. That was a, that was, a, that was fun to watch. That it was. even more fun when Elijah's back. Elijah's too. back and Debo's back. <laughs> yes. I mean, what are you playing? Are you playing a base 4-3 or are you going to play nickel? And if you're playing nickel, we're going to run you over. And if you're playing a base 4-3, have fun matching up with CMC and Debo Samuel motioning out of the backfield. Seattle's five-man D-line look's going to have a hard time with all that action. You're right. It, it just is. Yeah, and you know, have to pull one guy out and get an extra safety because another guy that benefited from CMC was Jimmy G. Um, Jimmy G has been criticized about not throwing the ball away, taking too many sacks, forcing footballs, and you know what he had in this game was a check down guy that he could go to, but also a guy that could create. Uh, there were times where McCaffrey wasn't supposed to be a part of the play. Just there's chilling. one. He, there's one. He goes through the middle and he ends up finding an open zone. There's no one to block. He's in for protection. No one there. He releases out, and this is a reason why I think Jordan Mason's not playing those type of plays. But he goes in and he he flo flows away. You know, uh, from Bobby Wagner, boom, and and gets him the ball, and it ends up being like a twenty yard gain, and. You see McCaffrey on the sideline, mad he didn't get more. Yeah, but the oh, dude he is, was pissed. The dude is a, a an absolute beast, and I think he's going to benefit Jimmy G. Eighty four percent completions uh, percentage since, for Jimmy G. Since Steve Young was, was hey, toting the rock for us. Yeah, I mean, and, and the offensive coordinators for Steve Young, Mike Holmgren, and Mike, Mike Shanahan, Shanahan. <laughs> uh, pretty good guys. They they have a couple rings there. They're all right, it's I together. guess. Yeah. Jimmy looked no Marty Morningweg, but oh, but 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 who can be though? True or Mark Mark Tressman for that matter too. Oh, I do like Mark Tressman. Uh, I don't. <laughs> um, Jimmy looked like 
five games in 2018, Jimmy. That's the way he, uh, the ball was coming out. He was 2017. Yes, 2018. Yeah, he didn't make it five, five games. games. That's right. He was grabbing his knee against that's the Chiefs. The the Chief ACL game. Yeah. He he was confident. He was decisive. He was at. There was one play, and they highlighted. He looked from right to all the way across the whole field, which also shows you how, how good the the line did there too. Right. It, it it gave him the time to do that, but he scanned the field. He he saw Welly uncovered. With the ball right to him, like it, it, it was, it was the kind of kind of game that we all hope to see from Jimmy more often. So, if that continues, right? Who knows how far they can go? Like, like he when he plays that accurate, that confidently, and that decisively, and and that smartly too. Like he, even the ball that Jalen almost picked, or really should have picked. To me, that wasn't a bad Jimmy throw. That was just a really good shot by by Jalen to just <laughs> drop off, and he jumped yeah. really. High. I mean, he was he was way up there too. Yeah, I mean, he read the blitz. Yeah, yeah he thought that Jalen Ramsey was coming. That was going to vacate an area for George Kittle to get open, and he's he going stopped. to his hot route. I yeah. mean, that right? That was the thing against Kansas City, right? You got a blitz, you got to hit your hot route. That's what everyone said. Hot route, he goes hot to route, do hot it. Route. Uh, hot route, hot red seven. I don't know what that, what does means. that mean. Just go line up on the other side, uh, but it, it doesn't work out, you know. And the thing was, is when Jimmy had those mistakes, he didn't compound them by making another mistake, yeah. he just moved on and did well. And you're right, he went through progressions one, two, three, four, five. There's been conversations he couldn't get to five or then, two or, th- or three sometimes, even. Yeah, and then I do want to because there were some people saying that he underthrew Dwelly and he should have got the ball farther out there and it would have been a touchdown. My thing is with a ball like that, the coaching point for you could talk to any quarterback coach, and this is what I've always heard is when you get a guy that open, don't just don't miss. Yeah. Don't be too fine with the throw. Make sure you complete the pass because it's a chunk play. Regardless. Over 50 yards, and that's what you want. And I think that that was a huge play. You've seen him set up. It looked like he wanted to go to Ayuk. Both cornerbacks jumped, jumped the route, yeah. and Dwelly went, and he reset, threw the ball over the top, and they had a huge chunk play. It would lead to a 49ers touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo did a very good job of not only being efficient in the passing game, but also getting the 49ers into the right looks. He was Oscaring plays, flipping them from side to side. He was canning plays, getting the 49ers from pass to run and run to pass. He did a very good job of operating this offense. This is why you need you know, a veteran quarterback as a backup that can come in and start like this. And I think Jimmy went in this game and proved that he's still one of the top 20 quarterbacks in the league. I don't think it's I, I don't think I've he's better than he's you know, too top much better than that. Two. Fifteen guy when he's right. So, but do, do you do you think? And I, I know this is a, this is this is especially true in basketball and 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 somewhat baseball too, where just having that one guy makes everybody else more confident and more relaxed. Well, it changes the game for this mere fact. Number one, like just when, everybody when kind you, of at ease almost. Well, the normal play, right? You wouldn't be able to check it down to Christian McCaffrey and have him make that sort of, you know, yeah. you don't, when you don't have that guy that can make those plays, uh, it makes everyone's job a little bit more difficult. But you've seen, I mean, early on in that game, they went to McCaffrey, they went to Jeff Wilson Jr. on pass plays, which was nice. Running backs don't always get the ball in Shanahan's offense. They executed that. But then because of that, when McCaffrey went out in the flat that one time, linebacker vacated his zone to take away McCaffrey and we got the ball up the seam to Kittle those type of things are going to open up because of the dynamic nature of a player and you're right it's a lot like basketball you add another weapon defense has to you know adjust to what he's doing and it leaves somebody else free 
And as long as you can go through your progressions and locate those guys, it's going to help. But having those dynamic players is what you need. And that's what I always say when they're going to make trades like this. It's like, you know, yeah, you have a great team, but you could have a better team by adding that player. And every player that you add changes something. Christian McCaffrey is the version of Ricky Waters that, you know, yeah. that, from Mike Shannon. Now, he's a better player than Ricky Waters. Which is still, which says something, because Ricky was a monster. Dynamic, like, right? Ricky was so good. He could run the football, and he could pass the ball, you know, catch the ball in the backfield. That dynamic nature of offense, you finally got that. William Floyd did the same sort of thing. Bar none. So, I mean, you're getting, right, these talented that players guy. that are well-equipped to play within this offense. I think sky is the limit, and that's good news. I predicted the four years were going to score 34 points. They come up with 31. And I'm in the middle because I had him at 27, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. So pretty excited about <laughs> offensive performance. And Jimmy G was a big reason why. And overall, the offense scoring touchdowns, Jason, was hugely important. 21 unanswered points in the second half. And I think that is that is huge. It wasn't just field goals. There was the, the you know the last touchdown that he threw to George Kittle. In that situation, that the Warriors, great throw. they could have played it safe. They could have kicked the field goal, went up 27 to 14, and been like, okay, here we are. Nice. And he, Kyle said, you know what? No, I trust my quarterback. I got this play. I want to put this cornerback in a vertical stretch in his zone. Are you coming up on Christian underneath? Or are you going to stay deep and sag on George Kittle? He got caught in no man's land, and Jimmy made him pay. It was a great design play and well executed by Jimmy Garoppolo. He ran across the entire end zone almost. Yeah. Uncovered. Like, that, that was... That was insane. That was, and it was really good, really good throw. He he did a really good job of getting his feet down too, which I know a couple of weeks ago he kind of botched one. I I would say this that the the second half that they played yesterday was the best half they played football all year, and I think that's good going into a bye week. Yep. You know, I mean, you could take that momentum. Momentum in the in football is a real thing. Yeah, uh, being able to take Other that momentum not. into the bye week. It's it's huge. So yeah, I mean, like with baseball and stuff, you can lose that momentum, you know, from it's game the to next game. Starting pitcher, it it, it changes. <laughs> but in the NFL, those things are real, and that's what Jimmy was saying. We needed this. Like we can get on a roll now. I mean, yeah, they got the Chargers coming up, but they got a They're good. Up. They got a good time here too to get prepared for some of these games that are coming up. And the 49ers, they don't travel very much. They have six it's, home games. It's a lot of West Coast now. And and their you know, their big travels are what? Mexico City? Uh -huh. I mean, that's good for the 49ers. They don't, don't have to change too many time zones. Don't drink the water. Yeah. I I, I uh, overall I I love where this thing is setting up. Four and four sounds really good. They have three and oh in the division. And I like that the offense feels like it's starting to click. And I think that Christian McCaffrey was a missing piece. And I can't wait for the one two punch that also has Elijah Mitchell involved as well. Yep. Well, let's let's I like touchdowns. Yeah, let's flip it to the other side of the football because it like wasn't touchdowns. it wasn't just the offense. Uh, the four years defense, Jason. I'm not gonna lie. That first half had me worried. It was like, oh my gosh, Kansas City all over again because the Rams just seemed to get touchdowns. The first matchup, 49ers defense held the Rams to field goals. This time they converted on touchdowns. Matthew Stafford with the run, then finding Cooper Cup, you know, in the the Oren Burks uh, in no man's land. I feel bad for Burks. Yeah, that, but that. you're when you're scheming up from D'Amico, you're not expecting there to be that much time. Yep. You know, for the for him to be able to clear. I mean, is it the matchup you want? No. But in the second half, not only did the Rams not score, they pretty much did nothing. They only had like two first downs the, the whole half, right? They did. That's, and yeah. so what did you think about the defense overall from half one to half two? Uh, and are, are you excited about this defense probably getting a lot of players back here coming up in the second half of the season? Well, the 
first. The Stafford touchdown run, I don't blame the defense at all because they had every route covered. They had everything that, that, that McVay wanted to do on that play locked up, and, St- and Stafford made a hell of a, hell of a play to get, get in there and got his slow down and got in. So to me, that's just a good football, football player making a really, really good play and I think the scheme wise we had him in the rights he just the play you know you say okay good job Matt but uh, but but the second one that was kind of weak second half though man it, it it's it was just like whatever did Miko said or did, or, or did they came out and they were just on like you, you just got the sense after that first possession like Hamza ain't gonna score unless it's something really, really, really funky. Because it, it, it was back to what the defense had been the first five or six games, really, and that was good to see because the Falcon game was kind of, yeah, kind of ugly. Obviously, last week was was dreadful, and and the first half kind of just just not not winning on on, on down enough. So it it looks like we'll get Armstead back in two weeks. Hopefully, God. Obviously, Kinlaw was still unsure about. It's still, it's still really odd to me to, to, to praise Armstead, but but he definitely definitely earned it. And we get those guys back. We get Red out there too, and we're back on track. Like, yeah, we, we just ready to roll again. Yeah, I mean the defense did a very good job of adjusting, and I think. One of the plays that really signifies some of the adjustments that they made was when you've got uh, Allen Robinson coming across the middle and you've got Cooper Cup going up vertical. And Greg Olson says, oh, he should have thrown it to Cooper Cup because he throws it underneath. Well, that was the adjustment from first half to second. In the first half, Fred Warner would have carried Cooper Cup yep. down the field. And so that's what Matthew Stafford thought he was going to get. He was going to hit Allen Robinson across the middle. He was going to have a nice you know, good play on, on that. And Fred Warner dropped off. They changed their coverage. It was a good adjustment during the game by D'Amico Ryans and the 49ers defense did enough. And I think that they learned to play within themselves, but whenever you can make a team one dimensional, which they did, they took away the run. They didn't allow the fly sweeps uh, to, to get after them. You know, these jet sweep actions didn't really affect them as much in this game as it did to Kansas city. And I think once they figured that out, then they were able to really get after them in the second half. And I, I mean, yeah, the, the healthier they get, the better this is going to be. Getting Greenlaw back at some point, Aziz Alshire is going to make a big difference when he's able to come back. And hopefully something at the cornerback position. I thought Diamond Lador held up pretty good. Uh, but uh, Jimmy Ward, I, I still don't like him playing nickel as much. I like him being safety. I would love him being safety because you've seen again when they went to their, their uh, man-up zone, yeah. uh, Tashawn Gibson was struggling a little bit in one-on-one situations, which... I mean, do you really want Gibson one on with Allen Robinson? I mean, if that's Jimmy Ward, you're like, okay, that's that's, a, that's one we can at least compete at. Something, but yeah, no. yeah. So it was a little frustrating. Now, a defensive player that stepped up and made some plays in this game is All Pro Fred, and Fred has been fantastic in coverage all year. But I thought he made it an imprint and a, sta- a statement in this game in the run game as well, especially in that goal line stand. He cracked. He cracked that dude. Yeah, Rivers. Uh, so what do you think about All Pro Fred? And I mean, did you think this is one of his better games of the year? I thought it was his best game. I and I, I love that that, that <laughs> Miko did did use him in some coverage, but but also let him eat up too. Let him get up field on run blitzes, and then he 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 had half a 
back. I thought, I guess they gave it to to Bosa, but he, he definitely caused it because he, he got up there so fast and threw off the whole rhythm of the play that I, that's that's the kind of play that I like to see from him because I, and interceptions are nice too and stuff, but but just be active and be everywhere. Like like I know he's good in coverage and like really good and stuff, but I still I I I, I like to see him making big plays up in the at the line too. So I was I was very I was like oh I was just like Fred yes yeah boom every, like, I was I was loving it. He was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason that Fred struggles sometimes in these games, especially like games like Atlanta, is when the other team is able to get the run game going. When they get the run game going, uh, that usually means Fred's fighting off offensive linemen. And uh, the interior defensive line strength has been a problem for Fred. When Fred has Armstead and Kinlaw in there, he's able to run free and make plays. That's what all linebackers want. The problem is when that's not the case, they're sending two, three guys towards Fred Warner and he's having to navigate through that and make plays. I thought he's competed all year. thought he's been great in coverage. And then I thought they got an opportunity here where you had an offensive line that wasn't that great. So they weren't able to win up front against Hassan Ridgeway, against Kevin Givens, and the rotation of Kerry Hyder. And the 49ers were able to make plays. And part of the reason was Fred was free. And when you allow Fred to be free, he can make those tackles that he needed it because the first matchup in week four, Dre Greenlaw had 14 tackles. Yep, he played really well. Or, I'm sorry, 15 tackles. This time... Fred Warner's able to get it done for this defense. So it was nice to see the reemergence of Fred Warner in the run game. I think he's been competing all year. And I think the healthier the 49ers defense gets, the better Fred Warner's going to play. Yep. And let's talk about another area that's been very much scrutinized, and that's the 49ers special Your favorite teams. Team. Uh, it was last week that I was very frustrated with, you know, the angled kick that were <laughs> ended up being returns. Uh, but they've been not, you know, the special teams hasn't showed out. They've been the 32nd best ranked special teams this year which is not what you want when you have Hightower um, here last year, they're toward the bottom Hightower leaves. Now the Chicago bears are top five in the league. And then you got Brian Schneider coming in. So could it Who be personnel? A, could it be philosophy? Don't know for sure. But Jason, what did you think about the 49 hour special teams against uh, the, the heated and hated Rams? They were better. I mean, they were better. We got some touchbacks. Ray Ray had a couple nice returns too, to give us a shorter, Field, I bet. Robbie made his field goal, made all of his extra points. So, all in all, they didn't hinder us at all. Yeah, I mean, I was asked the grade on the game reaction show, and I thought it was an A minus. I thought that overall they did what they were supposed to do. They executed. There were no wow plays. There were no big time plays. A couple of times, maybe they could have done a little bit better in kick coverage, but overall, I thought they executed, and that's all you can ask for. And I thought Ray Ray had some really pivotal plays. Uh, the one where he catches the ball inside the 10-yard line is normally a no-no. Every single coach is screaming, no, 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 put your heels at the 10-yard line. If it goes over your head, let it go. It, you know, and, and that's what that's most returners... That's changing, though, right? Because, uh, no, it's, it's, it's not changing. Get it to... You still don't want that because your chance of getting, so well? a, getting a turnover in that situation is not good. So you just do that. That's the, the, the thought process behind it. But he did it, I think, because... He had a little bit of space, but getting them out of there and not having this 40 yards offense backed, backed up, up yeah. being at the 12-yard line compared to the 5-yard line or the 3-yard line is huge. It's a big difference. Uh, so I commend him for taking that opportunity. I wonder if Brian Snyder is happy about it. <laughs> but overall, I thought Ray Ray made some plays. And there was another one that he took out of the end zone where they're like, oh, he's taking this one out. And he ended up getting up past the 30-yard line. Yep. Those small little uh, amounts of yards end up paying off in the long run. So 40-yard special teams... I thought played maybe their best game so far 
this season. Was there any turnovers? No, but I thought it, they were pretty much on point. They were buttoned up. Yeah, it, it looked professional. Which is a good sign. <laughs> That's what you want them to be. And then, Jason, for uh, our last topic, it's 49ers coaching. 49ers coaching has been a hot-button topic from everything from fire Kyle Shanahan to D'Amico Ryans is going to be a 49er next year because he absolutely stinks as a defensive coordinator. How quickly it changed, right, from he's a genius and he's going to be the number one coach out there in the market to, uh, you know, he's going to be back because and he's just not that good. I mean, it, if D'Amico's back next year, I will be happy as hell because, like, I liked Roberts. I thought he did, he did a really, really good job with our defense. I think D'Amico's way better of a defensive coordinator than Sala is. But, so, I, yeah. And, you know, once again, <laughs> injuries don't matter. So, the fact that, that, that our, we were on our fifth and sixth starting D-lineman had nothing to do, to do with, with why the defense was, was having issues. And we're still trying to get set at the cornerback. Like, when we had our, our top defense in there, he was the best defensive coordinator in the sport. So that that's weird how how that how that changes all of a sudden. Um, as far as the, yesterday goes, they gave up fourteen points. He did a terrible job. Clearly, he we should probably fire him because I, I there's got to be somebody else out there better. What have we said all twelve episodes? If San Francisco gives up less than seventeen, they they should win every game. Did his job, then folks. Sorry. Yeah, and the adjustments from not only the defense at, at halftime, which is, it proves it's fantastic coaching, um, but also you know Kyle Shanahan's adjustments from week to week using Christian McCaffrey, being able to you know scheme up an offense that can score over thirty points without Debo Samuel, without Jawan Kyle Uschak, without Jawan Jennings, <laughs> uh, it was a you know it's one of those things where the coaching is on point, and these guys have been fighting. Uh, there are there are tough matchups in this league, you know, and playing Atlanta when you're short interior defensive lineman is a tough matchup. Playing Kansas City when you don't have an Emmanuel Mosley is a tough matchup, especially when you don't have pass rush on the interior. <laughs> I think those things go to hurt your football team. Now, those things matter. Are what? there things that they could do better in those games as yes. coaches? Absolutely. But they're learning from those mistakes. They're finding out who their football team is and they're making necessary adjustments. And I think that's all you can ask for from a coaching staff. And as long as they continue to get better and continue to evolve, you got to be excited about the 49ers coaching. I know I have had no qualms with this coaching staff. I don't want to fire Kyle. I don't want, you know, I don't think D'Amico is not going to be one of those guys that's highly touted. I think he is because I think he's a really good coach. Would I love to have him back? Yes. Uh, but, it, I mean, in all reality, he should not be back. He should be one of the top 32 coaches in this league yeah. and be a head coach because he's just a leader of men. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the coaching has been really good and I haven't really understood the criticism as much as some, because I think that, you know, the 49ers, yeah, they haven't executed at a high level, but I thought they were, they were putting together a some things. Yeah. And I think that dealing with the injuries is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, once again, we say it all the time, if Kyle got fired, you would literally see five or six teams call his agent and, and say, Hey, we'll fire our coach right now. And bring Kyle in. I mean, I know, I I know what I would be worried about. Like, Arizona, uh, I'd be worried about Arizona just deciding. You know what? We're we're done with Cliff. Yeah, we'll bring in Kyle. Uh, you know, or the Cowboys finally get you know a good coach. Or the Broncos, even. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You you have talented rosters out there that are maybe one the, coach the away. Chargers. 
I think he would uh, enjoy going down there with Mr. Herbert. I think he would. Yeah. So I mean, and I don't know Eckler if he's a, and Keenan and, and Mike Williams. And, I don't yeah. know if Herbert's as good as Mr. McDade, but um, little inside joke. Hi, Alex. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that you know, Har- uh, we had the same similar conversations and with Harbaugh. You know, in 2014, like a lot of people talked about, you know, getting rid of him. And then now there's polls coming out and people would rather have Harbaugh than, than Shannon. I think it's just crazy. That's ludicrous. Uh, but, all right. I, I mean, I think Kyle's doing a good job. He's taking the 49ers to two NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl. Does he need to win one? Absolutely. Of course. Uh, but I think that, you know, he's at least keeping us in the mix and competing. And I think that's all you can ask for from your head coach. We The days of being able to have a Bill Walsh, Almost every single year being in the Super Bowl. And a lot of people forget that no salary cap there were also years where there were huge disappointments. Yeah. Uh, losses to the Vikings, Red you know, skins. and Redskins. Bears. Those happened. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they were always able to rebound. And they had tough, they had tough uh, times too. 1988 was not an easy season, Ooh. even though they won the Super Bowl and beat the Bengals. Uh, they went 10 and 6, and they were struggling during the middle of that season. There was thought that they wouldn't even make. Playoffs that yeah, year. Bill was going to get fired. Yeah. Joe was going to get traded. And I think that you you go through these lulls, and they also help battle test you for when it's time for the playoffs. And I think the Forters are right in the mix of it. I mean, Philadelphia is good. Minnesota is good. Dallas is good. I think everybody else, you know, the Forters are right in that mix. Hasn't played anyone yet. Ed? Sorry. I mean, well, who, who, is, but... who is there to play, though? Besides, I mean, the there's the AFC. Uh, but in the NFC, who is there to play? You know what I mean? True. I mean, they're gonna play the cow. They they play the Cowboys twice. They play. <laughs> they already got them once, right? Once, so, but, but that was with Cooper Rush, and and, and that was the, the night game. So it's kind of weird. But that's what I'm saying. Like they don't really have a lot of big time games. They're not playing the 49ers. Cowboys can't stop the run. Like I'm sorry, but the Bears ran for 240 on them. Pretty good. <laughs> I watched, I watched a little bit of that game, um, and then I carried on living my life. Thank God for Red Zone, where it could get, kind of flip around. It's my favorite channel to watch. So, Jason, 49ers going to the bye week, I think, with a lot of optimism, a lot of potential players coming back. I'm very excited about where this season is headed now. 4-4 four and four sounds a lot better than 3-5, and five, and now they are legitimately in the mix, not only for the division, but for the playoffs. I think that's all you can ask for, and now let's see what this team can do moving forward. But I was very excited about this huge win over the Rams. Yep. Realistically, the the two seeds not in play as of yet because Vikings only have one loss, so it'd be hard to get get them. So the goal for for San Francisco would be the the three seed, which could happen because the NFC South and the champ will get the four seed, and they could have like six wins. So. Yeah, yeah. And when you get to the playoffs, it's all about matchups, you know. And you never know if you're even going to have to play Philly. Uh, if you know, I want Philly, yeah. If you get to that second round, you know who are, who's going to be there. Uh, only one bye now, so it changes things. The difference between being a second seed and a third seed just means you get a home home field in the second part of the playoffs, the second game, the divisional round. Um, I don't think that's as big a deal now. The 49ers went on the road and Going beat Dallas. They went on the road and beat Green Bay last year. Yeah, inside dome, right? I mean, that's what it is right now. Going to Philly is a little bit different than going to Minnesota. The weather in late January in Philadelphia versus a dome is going to be, be, be different. But put us in, in a dome with McCaffrey and Kirk Cousins in, in a, 
a big game. <laughs> Primetime game. Primetime game, you know. NFC Championship. Here we come. If, if San Francisco's healthy, they should be in, in the NFC Championship. That's just how it is. I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, so, everyone, thanks for watching the Ant Hill Show. <laughs> Jason gets the last word on that because uh, I'm, I'm about it. I love it. And so I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. There's going to be more content coming out this week. Of course, if you have the opportunity, like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment down below. Let us, let us know what you thought about this game, about the topics we talked about, and then join us all week for more content. There's going to be content coming out throughout the week. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Enjoy the bye week. Enjoy no pressure on Sunday. You can just watch a lot of really good football. Aren't the Seahawks playing Arizona? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the schedule ahead yet, but that would make a lot of sense if it was. Go Arizona. I, I root against the NFC West, and I root against the NFC after that. Uh, I hope you all lose. And if you can't lose, I hope you tie. Yep. And that's just kind of how I see it. But everyone have a good day. Uh, enjoy it, and go, go, not.